1: To receive this small daily devotional verse that Tom Cantor puts out, you can sign up at friendshipwithgod.org. That's friendshipwithgod.org. Or find Tom Cantor on Facebook by searching for Tom Cantor and Friendship with God. Now, here's our Bible teacher, Tom Cantor.
2: Now, what we see there when it says, and he departed, is very important because Naaman now is acting on what the little, little maid said. He didn't say he didn't say that little girl talks like a fool. How can any prophet in Israel do more for me than 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 all the doctors in Syria have been not been able to do? And if a person really wants to come to the Lord Jesus Christ, he's got to be willing to humble himself, just like Naaman was willing to humble himself. Well, Naaman had a set of fluctuations up and down, but okay, let's look at this part. Naaman here, he was willing to humble himself and to follow the direction of a little maid Naaman did not disguise himself. He let it be known that he was, that everybody knew he was a leper, he let it be known that he was going to the prophet in Israel to heal him of his leprosy. If any person wants to receive the Lord Jesus Christ, he's gotta be open about it. He's gotta be willing to be open about it and not hide, just like Naaman was open about going to Israel to the prophet to be healed. So Naaman sets out on his journey, he sets out, those are very important words in verse 5, and he departed, and he departed. If a person really wants to receive the Lord Jesus Christ as his Savior, then he's got to, he's got to reach for him with all of his heart and with all of his soul. God does not respond to half-heartedness. God responds to wholeheartedness. As he said in Deuteronomy 4.29, Deuteronomy 4.29 says, if thou from hence, if, but if From hence, thou shalt seek the Lord thy God. Thou shalt find him if, and there's the qualifier, if thou seek him with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Now, he gets there to Israel, Naaman does, and he has the response of the king, the king of Israel in verse 11. It came to pass and the king of Israel read the letter. He says, he, he tears his clothes. He says, am I God that I can kill, make alive, that I can recover some from his leprosy? What a contrast between this little maid and her great faith who said, yes, you'll recover from your leprosy. And the king of Israel says, impossible. No, I can't do it. This little maid, she was full of faith in verse three when she said that he would recover him of his leprosy. But the king of Israel, he doesn't have that kind of faith at all. The king needed to follow the leading of the little maid. You know, like it says in Isaiah 11, 6, Isaiah 11, 6, a little child shall lead him. We need to have the little maid over here take the hand of the king over here and lead him by faith. The king's problem was he was not little like the girl. The king's problem was he was too old for faith. No one should ever be too old for faith because if you're too old for faith, then the Lord Jesus Christ says, the door to heaven is blocked to you. You can't come in. That's what he said in Matthew 18.3, Matthew 18.3. He said, verily I say unto you, except you be converted and become as little children, you shall not enter into the kingdom of heaven. So Naaman sees, Naaman's, here's Naaman. He sees the unbelief of the king of Israel. And that must have really surprised him. He must have thought to himself, how could the king, I just had a little maid from Israel here, but how could the king... how how could the king have such a a powerful God and not believe? You know, Naaman must have felt just like the wise men when they came to see the Lord Jesus Christ when he was born king of the Jews. And the wise men came to Jerusalem, and they came to King Herod, and they said, surely everybody will know, where is he that's born king of the Jews? They just figured everybody would be just, they'll just get in line. They're all just, the whole everybody must be going down there to see his birth and worship him. And they found that wasn't the case at all. But they, that must have been very surprising for them. They must have thought, I don't get it. They're not going? But what's interesting about the wise men, it didn't discourage them from pressing on to find for themselves the Lord who had been born king of the Jews. And Naaman, it was, must have been very surprised to have found the king in such an, a state of unbelief that there was, a, there was a prophet in his own country that could heal leprosy. You know, many Christians today are surprised when they see the unbelief of the Jewish people and the rejection of the of the Lord Jesus Christ as their Messiah. So Naaman now, he goes on, he comes to Elisha's house. And that's verse 9, 10. Naaman came with his horses and his chariot and stood at the door. So he's at the door of the house of Elisha. And what happens? Verse 10. Elisha sent a messenger unto him, saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times. Thy flesh shall come again to thee. Thou shalt be clean. So here comes this great entourage in verse 9. There's horses. There's a chariot. We can imagine how Naaman's all dressed out. He's probably got so many medals on there. And and they're all standing there in all the regalia and so forth in front of Elisha's door. And what does Elisha do? He hides in the house. (laughs) He doesn't even come to the door. He doesn't even pull the drapes back. Say, let me see him. He doesn't. He's hiding him back there. He says he's being there, and he sends a messenger out with instructions to name it. And they says just go to the go to the the Jordan River and wash seven times, and you'll be recovered of your leprosy. Very simple instruction for how he was to be healed from his leprosy. No formality from Elisha. Not even like I said, going to the door. Just send a message by the messenger. Just wash seven times in the Jordan, and the promise you'll be healed. Now, why did Elisha do that? Why did he do that? Why did Elisha do that? Why did Elisha not even go to the door to greet him? He came from such a long way, from Damascus. Why did Elisha tell Naaman, just go wash in the muddy river or the Jordan there seven times, didn't even see him? Why? Because Elisha knew there were two problems with Naaman. There was a physical problem of leprosy. There was also a spiritual problem. And Elijah, he not only wanted to heal Naaman's body of the leprosy, but Elijah wanted to heal Naaman's soul of pride. And so it was bad enough that the great Syrian captain Naaman should be following the leading of a little maid, but now the great Syrian captain is to follow the instructions of a messenger of the prophet who doesn't even come out to see him, but sends the message to go wash. That was a real affront to Naaman's pride. But you know, there's another reason. There's another reason why Elisha didn't come to the door. Just imagine this temptation for Elisha for a moment. Here is the renowned captain of the Syrian army in his chariot with the horsemen, the great gift of gold and silver, beautiful clothing. And if Elisha had come out and healed this man of his leprosy, can you imagine how Elisha would have been the celebrity? He would have been the man. I mean, the little maid was already setting Elisha up with this spotlight on him when she said in verse three, "He, Elisha, for would to God, would God, my Lord, were with a prophet that's in Samaria—that's Elisha, for he would recover him of his leprosy." So, Naaman expected the great prophet to come out, and it'd be the great prophet that would recover him of his leprosy. And Elisha would not accept the spotlight to be put on himself. Elisha knew that the spotlight had to be on God and God alone. So Elisha makes a very intentional decision to stay in the background. In spite of what others might say or think, Elisha knows he's not the cure. Elisha knows his part is just to bring God's cure. Elijah, there's Elijah. He's standing in between, on one hand, Naaman and God. And Elisha turns to Naaman. And Elijah sees DRS, dirty, rotten sinner, sick man. And then Elijah turns to God, and Elijah sees God. He can cure the sick man. He can cure Naaman. And all Elijah's got to do is just bring the two together. He's just got to bring Naaman and God together, and then leave them alone and let God do his healing down at the Jordan River. So just like Elijah, we know we don't save anyone from the sickness of their sins. Just like Elijah, we know we're not the cure for sins. Just like Elijah, we know that our part, we stand in between the sinner and God. We look at the sinner, we see him as lost. We look at God, we see him as the one who can save. And all we try to do is just get the two together and then God let let God do his saving work. See, when Elijah stayed in the house, Elijah was just like John the Baptist. Just like John the Baptist. Do you know John the Baptist was challenged by the Pharisees? to say something about yourself make a statement in John 122 John 122 then said they unto him who art thou that we may give an answer to him that sent us Why, what sayest thou of thyself when John was asked that it would have been very tempting for John to sit back and say who am i look at the thousands of israel that are coming out to the jordan river to respond to my message of repentance well i'm a great preacher to thousands you want you, you look at my congregation. Oh, we run about 10,000 every time we open up the Jordan here. <laughs> but John the Baptist refused all that. He refused to take that kind of credit. And instead, John replies in John 123, John 123. He said, "You want to know a statement for me? I'll give you my statement. I'm a voice. I'm just the voice of one crying in the wilderness make straight the way of the Lord, as said the prophet Isaiah. John said, I'm only a voice. I'm an unseen person. I'm just an unseen voice. I'm just a voice. I'm not a voice preaching in Jerusalem. I'm not a voice preaching in the temple. I'm only a voice way out here in the wilderness. See, when he said that, you know what he was doing? He was saying, let my personality disappear so that I'm only a voice that can, can't be seen. John was determined to remain in the background, and he said, he said about himself, John 1.30, John 130, he must increase, but I must decrease. Elisha was not going to be known as the one who healed the great Naaman, even though that's what the little maid said. Elisha chose to be only a voice, an unseen voice remaining unseen in the house as he sent his message out to Naaman through his servant. Man always wants to put the pastor on a pedestal or to see some special group of people, the priests, the priests, oh, priests, oh, fathers. That's always what man wants to do. But the truth is that in the church, there's no special group of people who are priests because every believer is a priest, as God told all the Jewish people this. The Jewish people, yeah, they had people who were called priests, but then God said to them, in Exodus 19.6, Exodus 19.6, you shall be unto me a kingdom of priests, holy nation. And we're told today that all believers are priests in 1 Peter 2, 9. 1 Peter two nine, you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, holy nation, peculiar people. You should show forth the praises of him who hath called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. So Elisha remains in the house, and Naaman doesn't even get a chance to see He's probably wondering, what's he look like, this prophet? He doesn't get to see him, because Elisha wanted to be lost in the message. He wanted to be, lose himself in the message that God was going to heal Naaman. Now we see what the message was that Elisha sent to his, by his messenger for Naaman, and it was simply in verse 10, Elisha sent a messenger unto him saying, go and wash, that's it. Go and wash in the Jordan seven times. Thy flesh shall become again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. So Elisha's message to Naaman was just very simple. Go and wash. That's it. Go and wash. That's it. That was all that Naaman had to do. Just go and wash. Elisha told Naaman that he didn't need to do anything more than that. Just wash. Wash and you'll be clean. When Elisha told Naaman to go and wash, it was really a test of Naaman's obedience, whether Naaman was really essentially do nothing but just wash. It's a perfect illustration of how Naaman had to obey by washing, and Naaman could never claim that he did anything to do that he did anything for for his, his healing, because the emphasis there is on the Jordan River. For example, just picture yourself taking a shower. And you're washing yourself and you're getting clean in the shower. Now, picture that same image of you going in the shower and you're going through all the motions of washing but you don't turn the water on, (laughs) okay? So you don't have the water on, you can do all the washing you want. You won't be clean. You won't be clean. Why? Because the question is, what cleaned you? Was it your washing or was it the water? It was the water, All you did was just apply the water to yourself to get clean. That's what cleaned you. It was the water. The same is true of the gospel. It's the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that cleanses us from all sin. That's illustrated by the water from the shower. All we do to become clean is all we do to get clean from our sins. We just apply the blood, which is illustrated by our washing with the water. That's what it means when it says in Revelation 1.5, Revelation 1.5, Unto the Lord Jesus Christ who loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. Or Revelation 7:14, Revelation 7:14. These are they which came out of great tribulation and have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. No water in the shower, no cleansing. No blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, no cleansing from sin. When the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ was shed, he made this cry. It's finished, it's done, it's it's complete it's complete which means that we, that we bring nothing for our salvation there's a great phrase in a hymn that says nothing in my hand i bring simply to thy cross i cling and that means that if a person tries to bring anything in his hand to god if he tries to bring anything in his hand to his hand to god for his salvation like his good works got my hand full of my good works then his hands are full he can't cling to the cross So it's either gonna be nothing in my hand I bring simply to thy cross I cling or it's gonna be something in my hand I bring and to thy cross I cannot cling. And when the brass serpent, when the brazen serpent, when the brass snake was lifted up and it was raised on that pole, God's message to the Israelites who were dying from the snake bite was just look and live. That was it, look and live. When the Philippian jailer, was about to kill himself, and then he said to Paul, what must I do to be saved? The message was, believe and be saved. Look and live, believe and be saved. To Naaman, go and wash. Just it. Now we see that Naaman's response was not exactly uh, right, but okay, this is what his response was in verse 11. He was angry. Naaman was wroth and went away and said, behold, I thought. He will surely come out to me. Stand, call on the name of his, the Lord his God. Strike his hands over the place and recover the leper. Aren't all the other rivers in Damascus much better? I'll go wash in them. He goes away in a rage. He explodes. Why? Because his pride was touched. His pride was touched. He wanted to be treated like a great man. I'm a great man, he's saying to himself. He won't even come out. You know how he wanted to go to heaven? I'll go to heaven if I can fly first class. Everybody else can go economy class, but I'm flying first class. And God says, no, everybody goes to have an economy class. Why? Because at the foot of the cross, the ground's level. Everyone has the same title, DRS, Dirty Rotten Sinners Saved by Grace. This is God's conclusion about all of man. That's what it says in Romans 11.32. Romans 11.32 says, for God hath concluded them all in unbelief, that he might have mercy upon all. Reminds me of the hospital in, our, in the city we're in, in Ethiopia, scanner the antibodies of Budajira. And uh, as you go through that hospital, um, you, you come to this room, and, and, and I didn't know, and so I opened the door and walked in there, and they said, you don't want to stay in there. That is the tuberculosis room. Everyone in that room has TB. I didn't, I didn't stay in the room. Now, God has one room, for all of mankind, and it's called the room of unbelief. Everybody's in that room so that he can have mercy on everyone in that room. Now Naaman, in verse 11, he reveals what he was thinking when he says, behold, I thought he will surely come out to me, stand, call the name of of his God, strike his hand and recover the leper. Basically, Naaman was expecting a great display. He was expecting a grand appearance of Elisha, he was expecting a man to come out all dressed in white, with a white suit on, with gold jewelry on, and really going to make a big show of it. Lots of incantations, lots of music, lots of drama. That's what Naaman's understanding was. So, in essence, what happened here is what God was saying to Naaman Naaman, if that's what your understanding is, you need Proverbs 3 5. Proverbs 3 5, Naaman, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not unto your own understanding. And in essence, God was saying, if you want all that big show, I can't help you. That's not God. So Naaman, he just storms away. He's in a rage. And he says, you know, about these rivers in verse 12, that they're better. And he's angry. Why is he so angry? He looks at that message. Go and wash in Jordan. He says, too cheap, too common, too simple. No, no. And so he thinks, you know, I can go wash in Damascus, and it's like the person who thinks he can be saved by his own good works, it's the same thing again. In Proverbs fourteen twelve. Proverbs fourteen twelve. there's a way which seems right unto a man, I thought, but the end thereof are the ways of death. Thank God for his servants. Thank God for his servants who counseled him, who had the boldness, like the little maid, who had the boldness to say, his servants had the boldness to say, and they reasoned with him, and they said, Father, very respectful. If he would have told you to do something great, you would have done it. It It's so simple. Why not? So it doesn't say there was any arguments or anything like that. The only thing we read is he did it. He did it. He went and washed himself seven times in the Jordan, and God healed him. Praise God. Now in verse 15, at the point where he's healed, he could have, Damon could have said, you know, this is a very strange place. I'm out of here. I'm just leaving. I'm going home. This is, I don't ever want this to repeat again. He could have just packed up right at that point, headed north for Damascus and said, goodbye, Israel. But he doesn't. He doesn't. Instead, he's like the one out of the 10 lepers who was a Samaritan who turned back to the Lord and glorified God with his thanksgiving with a loud voice. He's just like that he turns to go back to Elisha's house. He didn't have to, he didn't have to. Now Elisha comes out of the house because now it's been clear who healed you, Naaman, not me, it was God who healed you. He comes out of the house, he congratulates him on his coming to faith in the Lord Jesus and Jehovah Jesus and he testifies in verse 15, Naaman does, when he says, behold, now I know there's no God in all the earth, but in Israel. And so now Naaman, he takes his place among the great Gentiles of faith in the Bible, of whom God said, I have not found so great faith, no, not in Israel. Why was it possible? All because of the boldness and the faith of a little maid. She was not afraid to speak about God. All because of Naaman, who was not afraid to humble himself before God, all because of the servants of Naaman who were not afraid to counsel him to go back and do what the prophet said. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for each one of these who played such a key role in this history, and we pray that by your grace, you would help us to follow them in their great faith. In Jesus' name, amen.
0: That's friendshipwithgod.org. This program was brought to you by Israel Restoration Ministries.